What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Link Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we wanna remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. Life, love, and logic. Just a quick backdrop foundational text is found in Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. And it says this, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives you. Mm -hmm. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do, whatever you say, do it all as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to the God the Father. Yes. Now, just a quick recap. We talked about the vision and all that the vision of Linked Up Church is about and how that vision is not only about the church, but it's about you as individuals. So we talked about connecting to God, connecting to uh, family, connecting to self, connecting to, uh, purpose. to purpose, and to connecting to community. Now we're going to dive in a little bit deeper. Now we're going to talk more about um, what this specifically gets into. So if you haven't already, I encourage you to go back and listen to the previous messages so that you can get caught up and um, that you can you know, understand where we're picking up from. Uh, outside of that, um, we're going to go ahead and start talking about, guess who the first love is? Yeah, that's, yeah, he's the first, he's the first love. He should, he should be our first love. But the bottom line, we all, we all think and want to love more of who? Ourselves. Ourselves. So this, we're going to talk, you know, we're going to talk about me, myself, and I. And in fact, basically the whole message the whole series is about you, about me. Because at the end of each, in the middle of each relationship that we have, it's who? It's me. I'm the constant. I'm the constant in every relationship. So we're not going to, because all too often we talk about relationships and people come from the, or take it from the perspective of how they, what they can do to make someone else change or what they can do to make someone else adapt, or what they can do to make someone else attract. Boo. <laughs> it's not about somebody else. Let's focus on us, okay? Right. So we're gonna start talking about me, myself, and I. We talked about a question last week. The most common question that I uh, get unanswered, Did you, does anyone remember? One of the common questions I ask individuals, and there seems to be a, there you go, who are you? <laughs> who are you? And m many a people can't answer that question, specifically men, because they always default to what I do, what I've obtained, but they can't speak to who they are. Who are you? Like for real, are you a very intelligent person? Are you engineeringly inclined? Are you selfish? Do you have selfish tendencies? Do you have, the, are you known to have a quick temper? Are you a person that was hurt and you know that you're in recovery? Are you sensitive? It's okay to be sensitive as a dude. Are you 
I don't know. Or do you tend to be overly aggressive? Are you the life of the party? You just, you miss the personality. Whatever the case may be, be it man or woman, who are you? This is what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 in the Passion Translation says. It says, we have become his poetry. Listen to this part. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us, for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. He said that you are his poetry. In other words, you all by yourself, I don't care if you're one of an identical twin, if you're one of an identical set of triplets, if you're one of the octo-eights, <laughs> and all y'all look alike, you are still an original to God. And we're living in a society where communication and visualization is so accessible. And he says, tells us in his word, it's not wise for us to compare ourselves amongst ourselves, but we find ourselves doing this with a child of God. When you realize that you are his poetry, you are his masterpiece, you are unique all by yourself, there is no one. Understand, there is no one that you can look like or be like than you. Right. And you have to see yourself as the prize, as the one of a kind, so that whoever encounters you, they realize that they are encountering a miracle. Something special. That's right. Let me tell you something, submit something to you single folks, the unmarried. I don't care if you're widowed, divorced, single, never been married, with or without kids, grown kids, I don't care. You are not leftovers. In fact, you have a lot more liberty and freedom to walk in the fullness of God's calling in your life than many a married folk. You know, even if you are single or even if you're not married, because the reality is you have to be single in your marriage. If you're not loving you and you're not good in who you are in Christ Jesus, you're about to make your whole marriage miserable. <laughs> Could you imagine if I needed him to make me feel happy all the time? So you got to ask yourself some questions like, am I submitted or am I combative? That's male and female. Am I demanding or do I sow? Hmm? Do I, am I selfless or am I selfish? That's so good. What's a good way to tell whether or not they're submitted or combative? You know, if somebody asks you to do something for them, what is your response to it? What's wrong with your legs? What's wrong with your hands, right? Or just in an unmarried situation, you know, just, just little simple things of, of just being asked to do something or questioned about something. Do you get combative in that situation or are you naturally submissive? Because if you're combative, you're not ready. Because guess what marriage is about? People asking each other to do something all day long. So if you're struggling in an unmarried situation with someone just telling you to do something, uh, asking you to do something or telling you to do something, that combativeness will not work in a married environment. 
Well, not just that. That is so, uh, that's powerful, but just having an answer for everything. Oh, my God. Just having an answer for, just got a one up. I mean, just in simple conversation. Just in simple conversation. Babe, you remember the other day when we were talking about, oh, no, when we were talking about the basketball situation, and um, what do you think about Jamar Howard and his success right about now? I think he's doing a great job. I don't know if he's doing a great job as the Gonzaga team and their coach. See, that's me trying to up her. So instead of just really addressing and talking about what she's communicated to me, I kind of dismissed that and went over it like I'm more of an authority on the subject than she is. Now, for real, in basketball, he is. But just, just you ever encounter somebody that just won't turn everything into a debate? Just everything. Girl, I think that red lipstick on you looks so pretty. But you know what? I like pink better. Just say thank you. <laughs> know and understand that you are original to God's plan for you. God doesn't have the same plan for Adriana as he has for me. God doesn't have the same plan for LaDonna as he might for Claudia. It's just not going to happen. So there may be similarities among us, but there are no duplicates. There are no clones. There, there are no copies. You know, as much as I want to carbon copy people, like, I, like, Joni, I just need to copy you on the copy machine. I can't do it. Can't do it. And oftentimes we fall into and slip into competition. Now, competition is merely a concept, but the reality is success and our calling should always be our pursuit. If you're pursuing excellence, if you're pursuing your calling, listen, it doesn't matter what other people are doing. You're going to walk in the perfect will of God. That's right. That's right. And there is peace, there is provision, there is protection. You will not and cannot have what anyone else has. You cannot and will not have a marriage like somebody else, a friendship like somebody else, a job relationship like somebody else. You cannot and will not have that. Why? Because you're you. You're you. My husband has great relationships with certain groups of people, and not that I have bad relationships with them, I just, just different relationships. It's foolish for me to think that I could be just as much of a friend to some of his friends as he is. Relationship, and this is another point I want you to get. Relationships, oftentimes we make, oh, this is worthy to be said. Okay. Oftentimes, single folks, especially younger people, if you're under the age of 25, if you're online right now and you are younger, you're under the age, let's just say 30, know and understand if you meet, date, fall in love, somebody during their developmental stages, oftentimes you gave your stamp of approval on the developmental status. So if they were 22 years old and you're good with them at 22 and now all of a sudden you're 35 and you're wondering why, listen, you have to be okay. all now, now mind you, it is necessary to grow. 
But unless we obligate them to grow by our growth and our standards, our confidence and our boundaries, they won't. So oftentimes you experience or witness challenging times and deterioration in a relationship because one person might have grown and the other person didn't. And let me give you a, uh, let me make known to you a misnomer. Success does not equal maturity and growth. It's, it's important to say in that too that anytime that you accept a relationship prematurely, it will have premature complications. And so if oh, you... Oh, you said that so well. Yeah, so if you have to, again, don't get in condemnation, but when you're talking about if, if he lives in his mother's basement and we have to get married and start off in her basement and you loved him enough to marry him in her basement, then you should be happy in the basement if, if the basement is where we have to live the rest of our lives. I didn't get any amens on that, right? But, it, but if anything you do prematurely, it's going to have premature complications and men need time to develop. So, and you need to know what that developmental process looks like. Neurological, psychological, medical, biological fact. Men's brains don't even finish developing until they are 25 years old. Jesus, biblical fact, Jesus didn't enter into his ministry until he was 30 years old. And think about that for a minute. God was his father, right? And the scripture calls the church a bride. But God did not give his son the responsibility of taking on a bride until he was 30 years old. Now, Men need time to develop. Let's dance on that. Now, again, if I, 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 I'm, go ahead, babe. Go ahead. Because I, I so don't much you, I want to say right you, there. Just tell me to fight it yeah, off. Yeah, fight it off. All right. Fight it off. Y'all don't know how much he was dogging me back there. <laughs> so I'm going to put you on notice. If you see him sit down, he's giving me a sign. Now, no one understand this. Son, again, this is something for you to ingest, consider as you grow in who you are. This is going to be, some might take it as a harsh statement. I apologize in advance. It's not my intention to hurt anybody's feelings but it's in, it is my intention to get you to a place of truth and growth. That's our assignment. But some people, male or female, will not marry, will not get married. Though they're believing God for it, praying for it, losing weight for it, doing everything fasting for it. Some will not get married because they want marriage for what it can do for them and not what they're willing to do for it. Marriage will never be about what you can get out of it for yourself. If you, if you do, divorce, chaos, drama is inevitable. It should always be about what I'm willing to give to this, to the marriage. Amen? Now, we're talking about, number one, life. Being your best you. Destructive, and, and you know, and, and then talk, we're talking about me, myself, and I. And the first category of that is life, reality, issues, history, experience. Destructive occurrences in life do not have to define us. All too often, we are remnants of our past. When God called us to be whole in Him in our present, 
Instead, God uses those destructive occurrences. He's the only one that can use them as supplements to our destiny when we turn them over to him in our thoughts, our purposes, and our pursuits. Whatever we've lived, whatever we've lived through, however good or bad our experiences may have been, regardless of any hurts, pains, joys, whatever the case may be, though God is not the author of them, He's the one that can weave them together as a beautiful tapestry for our good. And I'll take some of the harshest of situations. Many of you know her. She's a, she's a world-known uh, speaker. She's a woman of God. This woman was raised for 13 years of her life being raped and molested by her father with the permission and the uh, side eye of her mother living in the house, right? How do you turn that into something good? How do you turn that into something good? Only God can, because he used her message, her devastation, her hurt, her pain, her unforgiveness, her unforgiveness to be a spokesperson for joy of all things and mercy. Many of you know who I'm talking about. So even in the worst of situations, the mother whose son was killed due to racial violence turns around and runs for public office. God can still use you and do in and through you and still facilitate through you all of his goodness, all of his grace, all of his love, all of his passion and all of his mercy. Scripture says in Ephesians 5, we are in a time where we're redeeming the time because the days are evil. Just think about it. 2020, the first part thus far of 2021, we are living in this nightmare called the pandemic. And the pandemic, which is what I'm not calling it COVID on purpose, because this pandemic unleashed epidemics. It unleashed an awareness of, hey, everything is not always going to be good. It unleashed a, a, a financial awareness. It, it unleashed unemployment. It unleashed familiar situ situations. I just got through reading an article yesterday. Addiction and drug and alcohol use has gone up over 21% in the past year. And that's just by those who, by whom they were able to measure it. Domestic violence, they said, has almost tripled. DFAX is on overload here in Georgia. So when you think about where we are today, it's going to reveal, this is life happening, like for real, to everybody across the globe. So when you think about life happening, if you are into who God is and who you are in him and who he is in you, listen, mess is bound to happen. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 30, it says in the Passion, we are, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives as we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. So this means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Wait a minute, just like him? He won. He rose up from death, 
You can rise up in whatever you're going through. A bad marriage, you can rise up out of it. That's right. Loneliness, even in your, in your singleness, without getting married, you can rise up out of loneliness in your singleness. And best believe, you better rise up out your loneliness out of singleness while you're still single. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he, so, he also co-glorified with his son. Psalms 107, you know, understanding who you are and being real with who you are. Listen, men, nugget, you can't go around looking for a, submiss a submissive woman. Scripture actually tells us wives be submitted to your own husbands. So ain't nobody obligated to be submitted to you just because she female? Until she is married. But if she's submitted in all, you know, in, if she is submitted in, in just in general, general, general behavior, you ought to be submitted in general behavior as well. Know and understand this. If you have to demand submission, it's not submission. It's not submission. And the issue is not with the other person. It's with you. With you. So, regardless of where you come from, you have to have a so attitude. You have to have a so what attitude. Scripture tells us that as well. He says in Psalms 107.2, some of you, uh, point two, 107.2. Is that a radio station? I don't know. But some of you heard me say it. You have to have a so what attitude. He says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has delivered from the hand of the adversary. So bottom line, if you've been divorced, so. If he left you, so. If she left you, so. If they cheated, so. If your kids are doing whatever, so. If you're unemployed right now, so. If they hurt you, so. Bottom line is, if you give it up, God is truly in control, and he is the redeemer of the time, and he was the redeemer of your situation. He's the redeemer of your circumstance, and he is the one who says, I will still flash you like you are my glory. I'll still use you in all your mess to lift up my light. Often we spend too much time being caught up in things and people that really don't matter. In most cases, I, I was talking to a gentleman in their premarital counseling, and he was, I was like, that's good that you don't let people, you know, let what other people do um, bother you. And he says, PT, once I learned the rules of the game, it was easy for me to line up. I just didn't know the rules of the game. So he says, so in most cases, I realized the battle, the, the issues that happen, if it's with other people, it ain't got nothing to do with me. All too often, we get caught up in battles that don't belong to us, but belong to God. That's so good, babe. That's so good. Praise God. Let's give God glory for that. That's real good. Right? If you're that person that gets caught up in that, then you're going to be chasing battles for the rest of your life because people will learn what buttons to push to get you out of your square. Mm -hmm. And you've got to wake up to that and realize that, that you just can't let people get to you like that. Because people are people, right? I like something Fred Price told me many years ago. He never heard someone talking about him that was higher than him. Ooh. And so you've got to understand. Ooh, that's good. Like that. I just caught that. Like that off. Like I mean, I'm just saying it's good. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Th think about it for a minute. Th think about it for a minute. 
That blessed me so much because if someone's going to take time out of their life and schedule to talk about you, it's because they're not doing as good as you. And you've got to recognize, why do you stop to address at the end of the day someone who's just trying to pull you down? All right. Number two, let's talk about love and let's talk about being rooted in God's love. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verses 14 through 20 is really Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus. And you all should pray that prayer, not just over your lives, but over your leadership's lives. I pray it over my children. I pray it over you all every single day of my life. But I want to pull out some real truths here when we talk about being rooted in God's love. Let's look at verse 17. In that prayer, Paul was praying here that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now that word dwell there in the Greek means to house permanently. And a lot of times, folks, we're trying to be in a committed relationship with someone else when we haven't first been in a committed relationship with Christ. Mm. And so here, Christ has to dwell and has to have a permanent home in our hearts. And so the first relationship you want to have and be committed to is the one that you have with Christ. And look at it this way. If you're unmarried, this is how I approach this at the age of 22. If I can't be committed to God, man, how can I be committed to another human being? And so my whole goal was to first be faithful to God and to be in a committed relationship with Christ where I didn't cheat on him. Right? And that became the prerequisite for having a healthy relationship with someone else. And so most people don't do this, but I took eight years of just because I hadn't been faithful or committed to anything. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? I'd never been in a faithful, committed relationship in my life. I refused to even tell a female that I loved her. I would say, I don't even play like that. I'm not playing those games. I don't do that. Now I'm 22 years old, never been in a committed relationship, never told anyone I love them. And now I've got to prove to Christ that I can actually be faithful. Because guess what? I don't trust myself. Because every time I get one around one, I violate her. And ultimately, you've got to get to a place, folks, where you're better than that. You see yourself as better than that. He paid an ultimate price for you. It is the shed blood of Jesus. You are valuable. You are a masterpiece. You are not cheap. You should not just give yourself away because somebody looks cute. And if you don't value you, nobody else will value you either. It's called the game, and they will play it all day, every day, as long as you let them. Mm. And so Christ has to dwell in your heart. He has to have a permanent resident in your heart through faith. Watch this. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Let's talk about that. The word rooted there from Albert Barnes' commentary means to be firmly established. See, when you're in a committed relationship, how I many know nobody can get you off of that? The reality is you're not going to get me to cheat on my wife. You don't bring enough to the table to get me to cheat on my wife. You sure don't. 
And, and listen, and listen, I, I mean, I want to be clear. It really doesn't have anything to do with her. As beautiful as she is in all of her glory, it has nothing to do with her. I don't want to hurt Christ. That's the bottom line. Joseph said it this way, right? You all remember Potiphar's wife was putting pressure on him day after day after day. And he said, my master has committed all of this to my care. The only thing that he said I can't have is you. He said, and how can I do this evil and this wickedness and sin against God? He said nothing about her. So it's clear that God was keeping him. And remember this, folks. I say it all the time. If God can't keep you, you can't be kept. You can't be kept. So that word rooted there means to be firmly established. Albert Barnes defines that this way, as a tree whose roots strike deep and extend far. The meaning is that his love should be as firm in our hearts as a tree is in soil, whose roots strike deep into the earth. Therefore, when the wind, the waves, and the wind blows against it, how many know it'll remain stable? When she comes and she's got the finest outfit and looks as good as, or he comes and the muscles just bulging out of his chest, all tight pants on, whatever it is, his thing, or your ah. thing is, I mean, your roots will be so deep in his love that you won't get moved. And you'll be able to assess the situation for what it really is instead of out of the lust of your own flesh. So good. And so one of the first relationships you want to really develop in and, and learn how to receive love from is God. See, so often we are putting people in a prison not based off of anything that they've ever done, but what other people have done to us. And it's something about when you learn how to receive God's love that what other people did to you no longer matters. Let's keep going here. Grounded here, according to Albert Byrne's commentary, means to be founded. It means, to be, uh, it means a building that is on a firm foundation. The word is taken from architecture where a firm foundation is laid and the meaning is that it is wished them to be as firm in the love of Christ as a building is on a solid foundation. That's good. So in other words, you become unmovable and you become unmovable. Shakeable. And this was Paul's prayer for them, that they would be rooted and grounded in that love. Folks, listen to me. I know this is going to shock you, but, and I know she won't. But if she decided to act crazy and go do something else, I promise you I'm going to be okay. Amen. And the only way I would see that is it's her loss, That's right. not mine. That's right. Watch this. And I would confidently know because God loves me so much, he has something better in my future. That's right. I don't know why we get so shook up because somebody doesn't want to be with us. So, I'm not getting ready to make your issues my issues. Nor is my esteem getting ready to be affected by what you think about me. Because I know God loves me so much that when you see what he's getting ready to bring into my life, you'll understand why you left me because you weren't ready for all of this. You don't learn how to posture yourself and know that God loves you that much. Relationships are going to be challenging for you for the rest of your life. 
All right, now. No, no, let me add this, because we're going to wrap it up at this point. Okay. But, uh, so, establish. I'm going to finish point two. Yeah, okay, and exactly. you're going to wrap it up. All right, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Get that in, though, because it's good. I know whatever it is, it's good. Go ahead. All too often, I just think this is worthy to be said, when our spouses or that boyfriend or girlfriend that we think is the one cheats on us, we say that, they cheated on me. Nope, nope, they cheated on me. The reality is, is that they had lust and flesh issues before you, and if they, if they don't get it right with Christ, they will have it after you. And for single folks who have already went into the holy of holies, both of y'all cheated on God long before there was a cheat on another. So the acceptable behavior can't help but to be duplicated with other people. And people get all bent out of shape about that, right? They, right. And they literally say, I can't believe they cheated on me. But the two of them were cheating I can't, on God before they got And there. I can't go on to, I can't trust no men. I can't trust no women. But no, it's really you you can't trust. Because <laughs> think about it. We were sleeping together before we got married. So we both were committing adultery on God. Why should it surprise us? And now all of a sudden, we want to get all bent out of shape. I can't believe they did something like that to me. Well, what, what did you really expect? And I'm talking about the Christian single person who know better, okay? No condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. You can get it right today. You could tell them to pack it up and move it out today. No leaving your toothbrush here to, overnight. Pack it up today. We put too much in what other people have done to us, not realizing that that was going to be their behavior, whether it was a us or the perfect woman on earth. Again, this is about our relationship with ourselves and some aha moments that we need to realize as we continue to grow and love who we are. If you don't realize you're the prize... then you'll let the activity and the behavior of other people to be personalized and frame how you deal with other people that you encounter. Therefore, like he said, imprisoning them based off of what somebody else did, wondering why you keep missing your opportunities. Okay. So it's something about then knowing that Christ has a permanent home in my life. Yes. So again, I want to help unmarried people understand something. Once I committed to that relationship, I never backslid on him. I've never cheated on him, right? I've always served for 31 years. Church is my priority. COVID didn't stop me from going to church. Didn't stop me from doing what God called me to do, right? Because it's a committed relationship that I'm in. Everybody clear on that? Now, again, everybody else, you have to use your own personal convictions and all the rest of it. But, but that is the foundation when you talk about of who I am. If you ask me who I am, I am a son of God. First, then I'm a husband to my wife. Then I'm a father to my children. Then I pastor Linked Up Church. In that order. 
And so how I prioritize my life in terms of Christ having permanency is that he is above everything. It's Christ over everything. And then we start making decisions from there. So once you do that, then you end up with a, you end up being grounded. See, now you're, you're a grounded individual because your priorities are in order. Now you're on a firm foundation that people won't be able to shake you off of because you understand that you love God and you have a revelation of how much God loves you. Then look at verse 20. Verse 20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of us, folks. His ability is his love, right? When we know how much he loves us, then we know with confidence if I'm unmarried, he is going to give me the best son or daughter that he has. That is coming into my life because God loves me that much, and it's even going to be exceedingly above and beyond what I even asked or thought about because Christ is my priority. I am settled. I am rooted. I am grounded in him, and anything that I asked him for, he is going to exceed it beyond my wildest dreams because he loves me that much. Stop saying there are no good men. There are not enough good men. There are no good women. They're not. Stop saying all of that. We don't need a whole bunch of them. All we need is one, folks. That's it. And the reality yeah. is all you can deal with is one. All this mess talking about polygamy. Man, you don't know what you're talking about. Right? We've all heard the saying, man doesn't have a heaven or a hell to put you in. But we've added something else to that. Boy, they sure can drive you towards heaven or hell. <laughs> right? And you need to measure, unmarried people, you need to measure every relationship like that. Did it drive me towards heaven or did it drive me towards hell? Because that'll help you understand who sent that person into your life. Mm. Do I spend less time in prayer? Am I less interested in church? Am I less interested in the things of God? I mean, God's not going to send you a relationship that takes you away from him. All right, let's keep going. Thank you all for that enthusiasm and that excitement in here. I just feel like, look, can we make the devil mad? Can we just give God a real good hallelujah praise? Hallelujah. Now. Let's read 2 Thessalonians, and we'll bring this on down to home. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 through 17 from the Passion Translation says this. We always have to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, for you are dearly loved by the Lord. Somebody say, I am loved. I am loved. By the Lord. By the Lord. Man, you need to know that. You are truly loved by the Lord. He proved it by choosing you from the beginning for salvation. Say, God. God chose me. Chose me. Man, there's nothing else bigger than that. That is the big deal. I know we get all excited when we meet somebody. It's nothing compared to God saying, I want you. Man, that, that, that should just, whoo, that blesses me. God chose me. Thank you, Father, for choosing me and set me apart. Holiness and through your belief in that truth. Verse 14, to this end, he handpicked you for salvation through the gospel so that you would have the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, dear family, stand firm with a masterful grip of the teachings we gave you, either by word of mouth or by our letter. 
Now may the Lord Jesus Christ and our Father God who loved us and in his wonderful grace gave us eternal comfort and a beautiful hope, watch this, that, that cannot, cannot fail. We just sang that this morning. See, when you are, I mean, no, love never fails. So if you're in God, you're in his love. See, failure has permanency to it. See, you might take losses in God, but how many know those losses will turn into lessons that will ultimately end up in victories? But you won't fail at anything. Somebody ought to thank God for that. His love won't allow you to fail. Now, let's read the rest of this. It, uh, it says here in verse, encourage your hearts and inspire you with the strength to always do and speak what is good and beautiful in his eyes. Notice his love will always encourage you to do and to speak what is good and beautiful in his eyes. Say, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Say, I deserve. I deserve God's best. God's best. For my life. For my life. Because he died for it. Because he died for it. Do you all believe that today? Yes. You really do. You deserve the best of everything because he died to give it to you. Now, verse, uh, letter A up underneath that says, know that you are loved and you are meant to be loved and respected properly. When we talk about, you know how people say, you're not going to disrespect me like that. Listen, I'm going to give you a revelation, okay? People try to say little stuff around me, do all kind of little stuff. I ignore them because I understand where it's coming from. Listen to this. If you don't get anything else today, the only way someone can disrespect you is if you receive it. Other than that, that's more of a reflection of who they are, not who you are. And you demonstrate how much God loves you when you ignore it because you know that's not who you are. They're trying to make you act like what you're not. Some of you all will get that when you leave today. <laughs> but that's powerful if you just heard what I just said. See, so many people want to defend that. You're not going to disrespect me. They can't unless you give them the power to. But if I pay no attention to it, it has no power. <laughs> they can say and do whatever they want to as long as they don't put their hands on me. That's when the game getting ready to change is when hands get involved. But if it's just words, right or wrong, then did you all catch that? All right, so you deserve to be loved, and you're meant to be respected properly. Other people don't define how you're respected. You define how you're respected. Not by what you say, but by how you live. Yep. See, if you prioritize this and you say that this is not available until I get married, then somebody will prioritize it that way too. But they will also see if you really mean that. No amens in here right now. I said they will also locate you. Oh, you're in church now. You saved. Oh, you, you got filled with the Spirit? Let's see how filled with the Spirit you really are. And they will put that pressure on you. And that pressure should be an indication to you that God didn't send them into my life. See, understand that we teach people how to treat us. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't start with the big stuff. It starts with the little microaggressions. Y'all meet, you're dating, 
you think you love in each other, you're committed, and you find out, oh, he a little jealous. Yeah, he a little jealous. Uh -huh, that's so cute. He don't like it when, you know, uh-huh. He that's cute. And that jealousy come up, turns into, why are you spending so much time on Facebook and Instagram? And then it turns into, who was that on your phone? And then it turns into, why you spend so much time talking to your mama? And then it turns into, where you going? What you doing? And then you say, he trying to control me. Oh, it was cute back here. You just gave him permission to mount it up. Same thing with her. Same thing with her. Oh, she want to know where I'm at. She just concerned. She just want to know, you know, what's going on. Make sure I made it home safely. Mm -hmm. She making sure you ain't make a pit stop somewhere else. <laughs> Scripture talks about how to the, to the pure, all things are pure. Mm -hmm. But to the wicked, there's evil abounding. Okay. If you're operating in a pure heart, you're not going to look at life or people through the, through the lens of what's wrong. Now, I'm not saying that people, you know, we can't get caught up on people taking your kindness for ignorance. Can't get caught up, he just said, you can't be caught up in that. But you also have to be very aware of what's going on around you in that relationship. And it's easier said, it's easier done when your flesh is not involved. That's so good. Uh, verse 15 under that says, be confident in God's creative force in you, which is his love. Understand again that we treat people how we teach people, we teach people how to treat us. And in our acceptance of abusive and or negative behavior. Something I want to say to people too, uh, especially unmarried people. Uh, the scripture says for a reason, can a man take fire in his bosom and not be burned? Mm. And literally what that's talking about is can you ignite the sexual passion that's in you and not fall by it? And the reality is all of us ha have fire in us. Sure do. Oh Lord, I'm coming down here. I said, all of us have fire in us. Oh, Jesus. You know you got some freaky in you. I said, all of us have fire in oh, us. Oh, they religious now. They holy now. They sanctified, filled oh, with the Holy Jesus. Spirit. I said, all of us have fire in us. Is he talking about the fire of the Holy Spirit? No, no. I'm talking about lust. And, and, and the Proverbs tells us, can a man really get that that close to his bosom and not be burned by it? And so what we're trying to teach you in terms of how people treat you and respecting yourself is you have to have boundaries. Right? You can think you can play around with a lot of stuff, but I bet a lot of you all have found yourself going a little further than you wanted to go. Mm. Sin will always take you where you don't want to go, make you stay longer than you want to stay, make you and you pay. end up paying more than what you, you want to pay. pay. So a lot of times what starts off as an innocent night ends up in a night of sin because we didn't have boundaries. And so the boundaries that we put in place were, was just no tongue kissing because that's fire for me. And no dating in the house. No alone. dating in the home. Alone. See how quiet it's getting in here? No dating in the house alone. I took her home by 11 o'clock. Because how many you know we turn into different people at midnight? Freaks come out at night. Come on, somebody know what Freaks I'm talking come about. Out at night. Come on, we preaching better than Freaks you all saying amen. <laughs> we called it in college creeping. We wait till 12, midnight. You still up? 
because we out there looking for something, right? So, so even though I was a grown man, I'd take her home. We didn't put ourselves in compromising situations. I asked her not to dress a certain way. Wasn't her issues. I was the one it on fire. It was his issue My for issue. real. Cover I up could, your feet. I couldn't wear sandals for a minute until he learned how to tame his flesh. Toes look like lollipops to me. I didn't even see toes. I saw lollipops. Come on, fellas. Don't leave me out here by myself. Now, we got to close this message. I didn't see toes. I saw lollipops. <laughs> I remember one time she got in the car. She had on a little mini skirt. When she sat down, the skirt came up. I didn't see her leg. I saw a drumstick. I saw a chicken. <laughs> I saw a chicken thigh. And he told me to get out. I literally told her, go, go back in the house and change clothes. Because how I many know you got to know yourself? I'm not getting ready to ride around in this car and look at them popsicles and that chicken all day long and think at some point I'm not going to want to suck that popsicle and eat that chicken. Come on, folks. Let's be grown folks in the house of God. Got to have boundaries. We're just going to stop right here for the day. You, you all get anything out of this today? So, somebody say, I need... Boundaries. Boundaries. And we're going to talk about married people. You got to have boundaries. You shouldn't be calling folks cutie and sweetie and baby and honey and kissing folks on the cheek and holding hands and complimenting people the wrong way and that all kind of stuff. Having lunch with people that you know you're attracted to. Calling it a business meeting. And we're going to get into a whole lot of different things. A part of this message today was understanding what his purposes are for your life. His purpose for your life is male and female. Created. I know we don't like to talk about this in church, but, but that's his purpose for your life, male and female. Let's just use common sense. Not one person in this room would exist if it was not for a male and a female. It's the only way you got here. Now you're telling me after you got here, he redefined it. Doesn't make sense. And we'll pick it up on next week. Let's all stand to our feet. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Okay. Right. Some of you all need to go home today. And create some boundaries. I'm, I'm looking right at you, right there online. Right, I'm looking directly at you. You need boundaries in your life. Healthy boundaries. Healthy this boundaries. one thing to Standard. say what you say it, but you got to learn how to gracefully enforce it. Yeah. You know, have you ever found yourself having to decline or say no to a situation, but then you feel obligated to explain or offer up an excuse? Sometimes you're lying. You don't have boundaries. See, the beauty of it is, uh, first time I actually tongue-kissed her was at the altar. And um, the pastor said, you may now kiss your bride. Well, he took advantage of that. Oh, man. How many of y'all know all that passion came out just in one moment? Like, it was just pent up for eight years. Like, and so we walking up the aisle. I dipped her back in the room, Minister Johnny. Got a little bit more of that, you know. 
And then we went back to the, I don't know where, I dipped her somewhere else, got a little bit more of that. I was like, boy, I've been That was the longest processional life. walk ever. Man, listen, I kept pushing her in rooms, and, and, and then uh, we, get to, we get to the uh, reception. And I'm at the reception. I'm just telling you the beauty of doing it the right way. I'm like, man, we've been here too long. We've probably been there five minutes. I'm like, we've been there too long. It's time to end this thing, right? Because the buildup is real, right? We get in the limo, and, man, I'm all over. I'm, I don't know the limo driver. That's his fault. Look straight ahead. Don't look in the rearview mirror. Here. <laughs> we get all the way to the hotel, Johnny. I pushed her in the, in the, uh, in the elevator, and I'm all in the elevator. Just... <laughs> the buildup is real, right? We get all the way in the room, and, man, it was over before it started. <laughs> I don't know if I la- I don't know if I lasted 45 seconds. I think I think it was like uh, it's over. I was too excited, but how I many you know it was okay because heaven and the angels and God and Jesus was saying, "Boy, you did it the right way." And I remember crawling up in her arms and I said, "Baby, just hold me." <laughs> I'll be back. Just give me a minute to rest. Now, Bernard, I thank God I'm not the man that I used to be. We've developed a little stamina over the years. Glory to God. But the point I'm making here is that when you do it the right way and think about it, this one relationship has satisfied me for 24 years. 24 years, I don't want anyone else. I don't want to be with anyone else. This right here satisfies me for the rest of my life. But because God is so merciful and because he's so graceful, even if you are married and you didn't have our beginning, he has a default button that can reset you. Yep. Because your relationship with him is so tight and you're doing that the right way with all your heart, mind, and soul, he'll, he'll make your marriage. He can make and will make your marriage as long as you're committed to him all that you ever wanted it to be. That's right. All that you ever want. You, but you've got to be so confident in who he is and so in love with who he is yeah. and so conscious in his love for you, yeah. allowing him to reset that situation, and he can and will redeem it. Yeah. He can and you know, I'm not just confident in his love for me. I'm really confident in your love. Because I love you, sugar. Seriously. I do. I, I do. trust her. I'm never thinking about what she's doing when we're not together. I mean, you know, that's a So you mean you don't, be, you don't scroll my phone? No, nah, no, not no need to. Where else? For, you don't where, be where checking? Where you going? There's nowhere else for you to go. <laughs> okay, close it up. <laughs> you all get anything out of this today? Let's all lift our hands and just thank God for what we heard today. Just go ahead and process for a moment, right? Just you and God. If you're unmarried, do you have boundaries in your life? Do you have standards, right? Do you respect yourself, right? Is Christ your priority? Are you rooted and grounded in his love? If you're married, those same questions apply to you. Wherever you're at on your journey today, Make sure that you prioritize Christ over everything. 
Now, if you're in this building today, I want to take this moment to introduce you to Christ. That is the first, or watching online, that is the first and foremost successful relationship you ever want to have. It is the prerequisite for every other successful relationship is first having a good one with Christ. And so, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, would you do me the honor today of praying with and for you? online or in the room secondarily you might say pastor i'm already saved but because my priorities weren't right i got away from god i got out of the will of god got away from the things of god but i heard enough today that it just brings me right back it recentered me and i want to rededicate my life to christ or i want to come back to christ if that's you i want to pray with and for you today or maybe you're a person that you don't have a church home and you're saying, man, I, I love, I just love what God is doing at this church. I believe God has spoke to my spirit, and I want to make this my church home. I want to receive these pastors as my pastor, and I want to join today. You can do that online, or you can do that physically here in the room. So I want to pray. If you would, put your right hand over your heart, and I want you to repeat this prayer over with me. If you're watching online, put your right hand over your heart. Pray this prayer with me today. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I, believe I believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is, the Son of God. is the Son of God. I believe, I believe that he died, died, rose from the grave, from the grave and he is alive right now. Alive. Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, into my heart and save me, save me now. I believe, I believe as, a result as a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now, born again, and in right standing with God, in Jesus' name. Can we just give God a real good praise for that today? Father, we give you glory and honor and praise for every soul that prayed that prayer sincerely from their hearts. If you're in the room right now, I want to address in the room first. If you believe you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, you just gave your life to Christ, or you just rededicated your life to Christ, or you want to join Linked Up Church. Would you take your next step for me? Would you identify yourself by the lifting up of your hand right where you're standing right now? If you're in overflow, if you're in this room, would you just shoot your hand straight up in the air right now? If you believe you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, you just gave your life to Christ, you just rededicated your life to Christ, or you want to join Linked Up Church. Would you just lift your hand up in the air, lift it up as high as you possibly can. Is there anyone in the room like that? Anyone balcony or on the floor? Online, I want you to do me a favor. Take your next step and get connected to the number on the screen. Text get connected to the number that's on your screen right now. We have a gift that we would love to get into your hand. We have ministers that are on standby that are waiting to follow up with you. Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right. And you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.